Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. everybody hey take two <laughs> this is take two this is boozed and confused i am carol ann i'm dad and uh, we tried to do this on sunday and the executive producer uh pretty much wouldn't let us so it's monday and uh we're recording now and the executive producer is taking a nap yeah she insisted on having a pizza party <laughs> uh she refuses to offer like health benefits yeah uh, but Fridays are pizza parties. And, and we get to wear jeans. On casual. Sundays. Yeah. On Sundays. Yeah, it's yeah. casual. Only Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, you've got a Matt episode coming up today for um, those who have listened to my voice for far too long <laughs> in the pod. Uh, but before we get into um, your topic for today, some housekeeping items. Yeah, um, I've been... Um, getting rid of the old caulk line in the bathroom <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh trying to get like a nice new uh-huh. like really thick line yeah that's yeah. what i'm trying Some to do thick caulk in the bathroom yeah, yeah it's clear yeah it's clear yeah uh yeah we pretty much decided because we both go back to work uh pretty soon after having um you know the baby and so it's been like gross hot in chicago um, so we thought, what the hell, we should just do all of our house projects while we can before we go back. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing with our lives. This is <laughs> hashtag this is 30. <laughs> it's very 30 of you to say hashtag. Yeah. Anything. That was cool. Like three years. Yeah, ago. I know. Speaking of, you just had a birthday. Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. All right. Housekeeping items. Um, we're on all your favorite social medias. Uh, <laughs> you can pre-record this part. <laughs> no, I can't. I swear I can't. you can. People um, do it. I'm sure they do. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, if you guys are on Instagram and you make Instagram reels, especially if you're a podcaster, uh, can you just like tell me how to do that? Because I know the algorithm changed and they favor the reels because, you know, the tiktoks are um very popular so those um, kids and their tiki tocks damn kids and their tiki tocks um yeah i'm i'm struggling so i'm trying to do that but if social media isn't your thing um you can reach out to us at boost and confused podcast at gmail.com uh send us an email of like memes or i don't know um whatever else people email these days yeah, you could forward a me a chain letter from your your aunt oh yeah we did get a suggestion for a topic that we'll do next week no spoilers um yeah the next item on our housekeeping if you like the pod and you want to support us um the best way that you could do that is by leaving a review and then subscribing or following just on your platform of choice it really makes a huge difference i promise um especially if you listen on like any of the apple platforms um Especially if you hear our cat in the background and you want to um, support him uh, being a bastard that he is. We just don't have time to edit 
anymore. <laughs> the ex- I'm looking at the executive producer through a uh, baby camera. What do they call those? A yeah, just a camera, baby like a cam. yeah, baby cam. Um, and we're just trying to get get through this <laughs> to give the people what they want and deserve. Um, so if you leave us a review, uh, you could take a screenshot and send it to us, and we will send you some Boost and Confused stickers for free. Uh, doesn't matter where you're located. So, what's the last item? <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, this is uh yesterday's um, <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. Kind of gross. It's fine. I don't judge. Yeah. If it were a beer, I think it would maybe be a little bit grosser. Yeah, you know, I've had the occasional night where I pour a little bit of whiskey or, or scotch and I'm like, ah, I can't finish this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to pour it back in the bottle. No, 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 no. Um, that's barbaric. Yeah, I, I put it in the fridge. Yeah. And I don't know. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's Jameson, by the way. It's Irish whiskey. Oh, oh okay. It's Irish whiskey uh, for an Irish story. Yeah. Perfect. This is the one we got on the honeymoon. Uh, it's like the distillery blend yeah excellent it's got my name on the bottle it does that Uh, was a that was a bitch to get home you know one day when that bottle's gone um i'm probably gonna buy more jameson and just pour it into that bottle yeah 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 yeah, that makes sense so without further ado that was a terrible drum roll over to you what are we talking about today uh this is a bit of a callback to two weeks ago (laughs) hashtag throwback thursday stop doing hashtags (laughs) um i briefly mentioned um fairies and changelings Uh Uh um it's pretty much uh, the country folk didn't understand like a disorder um an abnormality and they would just say oh that's a changeling let's kill it of course naturally or it would die on its own yeah Uh, i mentioned bridget cleary um, a woman who was burned to death in 1895. And this is, uh, well, I said that it could be like a whole pod topic on its own. So here it is. <laughs> so we did just that. Yeah, it was it was easier that way. You know, you asked me, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, uh, shit. Oh, oh it's, this my, again. it's my time again. <laughs> we didn't get canceled yet. <laughs> no. So this is uh, the story of Bridget Cleary. 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 I'm going to go with Clary because it rhymes with the word fairy. Yeah, perfect. Right. Um, So there's actually this old Irish rhyme. Uh, It goes like, are you a witch or are you a fairy or are you the wife of Michael Clary? Creepy. And like you'd like jump rope to it. A little morbid. You jump rope to it. Yeah. What asshole kid came up with that? Just want to (laughs) know. You know, probably someone who was in the neighborhood. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, just wanted to start shit. Well, this whole event was like a town-wide thing. It was like the neighbors heard what was going on. Oh, God. Can you imagine if they had social media back then? It'd be like you, you'd know about it like two towns over, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all word of mouth. <laughs> all those spinsters in the countryside. Oh, God. All right. Go ahead. I saw Miss Clary's ankle. <laughs> that hussy can you believe it anyways so yeah a few weeks ago um myths about babies uh because we have one and uh i mentioned bridget clary um who was burned to death 
he claimed that she was a changeling, um, a fairy creature um, left in the place of the real, whoosh, whoosh, real Bridget Clary. Um, yeah. Uh, do we do content warnings? We do content warnings. This one comes with a content warning. Okay. Um, domestic abuse, torture, and of course murder. And maybe some of you are more eager to listen to today's episode <laughs> because of that. I don't judge. It's fine. Well, I've literally been avoiding podcasts that talk about like true crime. And now you're all in. <laughs> and now I'm all in. Now I'm all in. I, um, I started one called Murder in Illinois. Right. Uh, that one was like 2006-ish. Yeah. And then like the Piketon Massacre. Yeah. That one is wild. That's the one we've been listening to in the car. Right. With like the warring families and yeah. the babies. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's an awful story. Awful story. Uh, so, yeah. Historically, this event is known as the Clonmel Witch Burning of 1895. And this is mislabeled uh, because the victim, Bridget Clary, was not accused of witchcraft. Uh, she was accused of being a, a fairy changeling. And to briefly summarize the severity of this charge uh just kind of think about the salem witch trials fairies were bad news to the irish folk um the fairies in the stories have godlike powers uh they're essentially immortal and they have no sense of morality uh, like baddies in irish folklore kind of know they're the baddies <laughs> Uh, but fairies just don't care. And that's like uh, like Shakespeare. The fairies are all a little naughty. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, you wouldn't want to encounter a fairy. Uh, people who allegedly ran into fairies often returned disfigured, traumatized, or were never seen again. And that was often kind of like, that's why they stopped coming around. The fairies got them. I also feel like the word fairies is just a very soft word for, like, what allegedly happened to these people. But, I don't know. He was brutalized by the, by the fairies. fairies. <laughs> yeah, so with the severity and the fear of fairies, um, just being called a changeling or a fairy could ravage your reputation. Uh, so, with that out of the way, um, I'm going to jump kind of to the end of the story and then kind of go back to the beginning. So we go to uh, March 15th, 1895, where Bridget Clary, uh, a 28 year old woman who was married to a local Cooper named Michael Clary was uh, reported missing from her cottage near Clonmel in County Tipperary, which is of course in Ireland. And this is a particularly superstitious area in Ireland. And so a few days after she was reported missing, her body was found in a shallow grave. Uh, she was burned to death by her husband and his family members. So uh, what happened to Bridget Clary to lead her to such a terrible ending? We're going to go back to the beginning now, like all the way to the beginning. Bridget Clary was born Bridget Boland around 1869 um, I couldn't find a date anywhere but I feel like that's very common you see a lot of like older gravestones and they don't say like the actual date a lot of it is just the year 
I noticed that when I was doing a lot of ancestry stuff for myself. I went through a phase. (laughs) It's so people can lie about their age. Yeah. When they buy booze. Yeah, of course. Oh, I was was, born. That was a big concern back in the 1800s. I was born around 1869. Yeah, same. So, yeah, she was born in Ballyvadley, which is in County Tipperary Mm -hmm. in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Tipperary was a specially superstitious area i think i already said that but it still stands uh in her early life she worked as a dressmaker and she was described as a very independent and quite opinionated woman which is kind of standard now but it's yeah (laughs) it's you uh but yeah that that is not the best um, description to have in this time period, especially when you think about like the archaic gender norms of the world. Uh, so that's really all I have on her early life. Um, in August of 1887, Bridget met a man named Michael Clary. So she was 18 then, and he was 27. Okay. I know. I know. It's, I know. It's not that crazy. I mean, it's still kind of gross, the maturity level of an 18-year-old versus a 27-year-old. What I will say is, though, uh, her marrying at 18, thinking about the time frame, you might think that's normal, um, but I was listening to an Irish bloke talk about this story, and he said that it was quite uncommon to marry this young. So, they yeah. So, he was a cooper, which, what do they make? Chickens? barrels you don't make chickens <laughs> he made barrels I just think, like chicken coop he's a barrel maker i just for the record i just want to establish i know you don't make chickens keep the chickens in in mind though because they do come up later in the story uh so soon after they met they were married um and actually after they were married they didn't live together for quite a long time Bridget stayed in Ballyvedley while Michael continued his work coopering in Clonmel. Uh, in kind of speaking to her independence, um, Bridget took to keeping chickens. Oh. And she would sell the eggs oh, to God. neighbors How... and folks in town to maintain her independence. How cool is that? I'm an independent woman. I, uh... I sell chicken eggs. <laughs> I have chickens. Uh, she also managed to get her hands on a Singer sewing machine, which nice. was like state of the art yeah. uh, at the time. And she worked as a dress designer and a hat maker. Okay. So she didn't need no man. Yeah. No, no, no. And she was doing quite well for herself um, apart from Michael. So years pass. Bridget's mother passes away and... Bridget and Michael settle in a laborer's cottage with Bridget's father, Patrick. So a a laborer's cottage is essentially like housing only meant for like workers, you know, laborers. A little side story there. Bridget's mother was not a well-loved lady in the community. Um, She wasn't a chicken lady? No, she was believed to have been in league with the fairies throughout her life and had been taken many times by the fairies so this kind of goes back like way beyond okay 
also the cottage uh, which they chose to live in um, was not really a place anyone in town wanted to be around. Uh, you see, it was built on a ring fort. I'm familiar. Are you? Yeah, I think um, that place that we stay at in Galena. It's like a fairy circle, they call uh -huh. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no one would dare disturb a ring fort for really any reason. Um, if you were to Google fairy ring fort, <laughs> uh, and my phone goes off, um, it might help you out to get a visual. Oh, thanks thanks google google's going off in the background thanks, i don't google. know if you can hear it when i really want to use it it never answers yeah it never works yeah it's it's awful but ring forts are these like circular um encampments of like bushes trees stones and they were believed to be imbued with druids magic and these ring forts were like treacherous to tread upon or to disturb like farmers won't touch a ring fort if it's on their property and 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 you know how farmers are with their property yes like this yes. is my property i'm gonna do everything i want with it if you park in front of my gate i'm gonna flip your car yeah yeah as as they should but yeah all things considered michael and bridget were a relatively happy couple they were extremely well off compared to their neighbors thanks to the extra work that bridget did even though it was kind of tabooish to be independent from the uh, husband. And over their years of marriage, they never had kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so on March 4th, 1895, um, this is kind of when things get rolling and we kind of, get to the end of the story so march 4th she has what like 11 days left of life uh so march 4th she goes on one of her egg deliveries or she's gonna collect egg money uh, i'm not <laughs> sure which rolling in that egg money <laughs> yeah yeah she was um so she was either giving eggs or getting egg money from uh, this man named Jack Dunn. Uh, this was her, I believe, her, like her father's cousin. Um, he was definitely related to her in some cousin way like that. Uh, and this was, oh, I'm, I'm going to maul this, uh, Kyle Ananagra Hill. Yeah, that sounds legit. Uh, which is another infamous location for ring forts. Uh, and so it was a cold day. And there was, like, still snow on the high points, and it was a long walk. So, like they say, in, you know, I used to walk uphill both ways in the snow. To get my egg money. <laughs> well, she, she came back home, and she couldn't get warm. Um, she got home and ended up spending the next day in bed shivering and complaining of, like, this awful pain in her head. Uh, so, naturally, her, her father, who still lived with you know her um left to call for a doctor uh but the doctor wasn't available for a number of days and so as time passed bridget was diagnosed with quote nervous excitement and slight bronchitis what is nervous excitement i don't know 
It's one of those okay. things that doctors in the old days <laughs> said just made people up. had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, however. <laughs> it sounds like me IRL when I'm like really anxious about something. <laughs> WebMD. So despite this um, report from the doctor, uh, Michael Cleary was not so sure. And so uh, if I quote anything, this is real quotes. It's actual like, um, well, we'll get to it, but there's actual like written out dialogue of people's um, uh, interactions. Michael said that his wife was, quote, too fine to be his wife and that she appeared to be two inches taller than when she had left. Oh. And so while his wife stayed sick in bed, Michael began fearing that his wife had been replaced by a fairy. So when he says too fine to be my wife, it doesn't mean like, oh, I married a... Uh, it just means like since she's gotten back, she doesn't look the same. So again, this is one of those quotes and I'm going to assume from how I understand the phrase, um, like she looked too good. Right. I don't know. Um, so he, he believes that she was replaced by a fairy changeling while she was out doing her egg work near the fairy fort um, on Kyle Anagra Hill, which is where she was going. And to make things worse, Jack Dunn, the man that she was selling eggs to, was also a local um, Shawnee or uh, Shlavine. Honestly, spent like 10 minutes looking this word up to get like the right pronunciation. So, uh, sorry, Ireland. I should, should keep should, my mouth should, shut more should, often. You should, yeah. <laughs> Look, like I looked at that part. But that guy in the bathroom at the pub in Doolin, yeah. he was right. He, he was, I mean, he he was, was right. Yeah. Yeah. I when looked get, the part. You get the cap on. Yeah. I looked the part. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So a uh, Shani uh, Shlavine, I think I'm just going to call it like a Shlavine from now on, is, is kind of known as a, quote, bearer of old lore or a storyteller. However, like in the old world, kind of like a witch doctor almost, like they have this knowledge of the other. And Jack Dunn was thought to have, um, like, powers of divination, and he was particularly well-versed with fairies. And so it seems um, he was the one who was egging on Michael to believe that his wife's condition was due to fairies. Oh, okay. See that egg? Egg him on? Eggs? Oh, I, a, you know, I'm leaving now. That's a pun. Our executive producer can take it from here. <laughs> So Jack Dunn was actually brought to the house to see Bridget, and he was said to have whispered, that is not Bridget Boland. And so this further confirms Michael's concerns. Uh, The sick Bridget Clary was not Bridget at all. She was, in fact, a fairy changeling. And so... in this time in Ireland and in this kind of like rural area, you have a a very strong mixture of uh, Christianity as well as like the old religion, like the old like earth religion. Uh, So they call a priest in and he gives her her last rites. 
uh, just in case things get worse. Um, all, all the while, Michael keeps speaking with Jack Dunn, and Jack suggests that Michael go to another local fairy doctor, you know, a Schlavine, um, named Dennis Ganey. So Michael goes to Ganey, and he returns with a mixture of herbs, which he needed to boil them in the milk of a cow that had just given birth, and then give this concoction to Bridget. How do people come up with this shit? I just want to know. <laughs> it's 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 like that um that rope thing with the babies, and the uh oh what's her, what's her name like the night woman. The what? The, our baby story from two weeks ago. Oh, Take the rope. Oh oh. Get yeah, it yeah, wed. Yeah, yeah, whip it around. Yeah, only yeah. on Thursdays. Uh, it's like that episode of SpongeBob where he's like trying to make the the bubbles. He's like, first you do this, and then you do this. Stop on your right knee. Don't, Don't forget, forget it. <laughs> so the the damnedest thing, uh, one of the herbs most likely contained in this concoction was foxglove. Uh, foxglove was thought to be very poisonous against fairies. But if you know what foxglove is, you would know that it's just straight up poison. Like you, you can't ingest it. It's it's very toxic to people. Is that what we saw at Home Depot? And you're like, oh, this is poison. Yes. The yes. color. It's a paint color. Not Home Depot's not selling poison. Well, I they mean, probably if you drink sell foxglove. It's a very pretty yeah. flower. Yeah. So that night, Michael forces this concoction down his wife's throat, while Jack Dunn and three male cousins pin her down in the bed. Yeah, sounds legit. Super legit. Michael uh, shuts the windows, covers them up, locks the doors because he was like basically yelling, there are fairies in this house and he didn't want anything to get out. And so people outside could hear like everything that was going on. Awkward. <laughs> and so again, this is a real quote. People heard Michael shouting, take it, you bitch, or we will burn you. Okay, so Michael's actually kind of... I mean, not that you needed to hear that to know Michael's kind of a dick, but... Right, but yeah. no, it, it gets worse. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's Michael, Jack, and some cousins. Um, the men began to throw urine at Bridget, and they were shaking her, saying, Away with you. Come home, Bridget Boland, in the name of God. Oh, my... Okay, why the urine, though? Right? Yeah, right? That's that was disgusting. our executive producer. I don't know if that'll pick up, but... <laughs> pee goes in diapers, not on people. <laughs> the producer is right. So other relatives and neighbors came and went, witnessing this ordeal and hearing her screams, but they were all too scared to intervene. So Michael then asks his wife to answer to her name three times. Are you Bridget Boland? Wife of Michael Clary in the name of God. And like the men pick her up out of bed and they bring her to the fireplace and they hold her over the grates. Uh, because, of course, ordeals of fire were known to drive out fairies while they were repeating this question, you know, um, are you Bridget Boland, wife of Michael Clary in the name of God? And so by the end of this event, 
Bridget has burn marks on her face. Uh, she's burned with a red-hot poker and was held over the flames for quite a long time by these men. And so by midnight on that Thursday night, they believed the ritual to have been completed. It was definitely the urine that uh, finished it off. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so by the end of this, Bridget was, again, this is a quote, uh, was wild and deranged. Yeah, I would be too if somebody threw their piss on me. And then, you know, also the part about the fire and, and everything. Yeah. But this yeah. poor woman, oh my God. And these words were used by her cousin, Joanna, who was present for a lot of this. Um, yeah. Um, her husband seemed satisfied. And the other men who were around thought that like the job was done. So this is the following morning. Um, at Michael's request, um, he asks a priest uh, to say mass in the bedroom where Bridget was in order to, to banish the evil spirits that were left in the house. And on Friday, March 15th, for the first time in like 11 days, Bridget gets out of bed, gets dressed. Um, again, her cousin said she got dressed in a fashionable way to, quote, give her courage when she would go among the people. Uh, several family members had joined them in the cottage for tea, and this was all kind of interrupted um, by arguments. Uh, this is because Bridget asked her husband for milk. Oh, no. And although he was pretty happy with the torture he put her through last night thinking that that had exercised the fairies um, her asking for milk had rekindled michael's suspicions what is it about milk though because fairies in folklore are known to love fresh milk 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 <laughs> and so bridget was most likely after the ordeal she went through uh, entirely exhausted um she didn't want to be questioned anymore uh, and so she comments to her husband, your mother used to go with the fairies, and that is why you think I am going with them. Oh, shit, it's always the mother-in-law's fault. <sighs> but yeah, but this this sends Michael off. Uh, you know, again, um, saying someone's a fairy is like saying someone's a witch in Salem. Michael was furious. Uh, he demanded that she eat three pieces of bread and jam, um, possibly to... Uh, like reinforce his control over her, uh, asking her to say her name each time she ate the bread. Uh, and so she answers only twice um, and only ate two pieces of the three given to her. And so when she stopped for the third one, Michael throws her to the ground and threatens her, if you won't take it down, down you will go. And so Michael... Um, essentially kneels on her chest and forces the bread and jam down his wife's throat. Um, he begins tearing her clothes off, leaving her only in her undergarments. He then grabs a hot stick from the fire and holds it close to her mouth. Uh, he strikes her head against the floor again and again, and then he sets her undergarments on fire. What a giant piece of shit. 
this poor woman. I feel that so bad for this poor woman. Mind you, her family is in the room. Right. Like there's there's family in the room. Um, a few minutes later, he then grabs an oil lamp and pours the oil over her to basically engulf her in flames. This is horrific. Yeah. Uh, so as she's burning, Michael yells in front of her relatives, this is not my wife. She's an old deceiver sent in place of my wife. And this was, you know, left in response. Relatives were yelling at Michael to put the flames out. But by then, Bridget had gone ablaze. And according to their later testimony, they were like huddled in fear from Michael in a bedroom as the flames actually blocked their way out of the room. So he's just trying to take everybody with him. Well, no, he has to use them for something later. Oh, good. (laughs) Great. So once the flames died down, Michael wraps her body in a sheet and shoves the body in this old, like, bag. Uh, He leaves the house then, locking the entire family inside the cottage with the corpse of Bridget Clary. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, worst party ever. But second of all, what a piece of shit. And so they say they waited for about an hour and they were all praying. Uh, And Michael returns about an hour later. Uh, He was wielding a knife and he threatened to kill Bridget's cousins uh, if they didn't help him bury her body. He said, come on out here now. I have the hole nearly made. And so one of the cousins, Patrick Kennedy, and Michael Clary carry the body to a boggy area about a quarter mile uphill from the cottage, and they buried Bridget in a shallow hole. This poor woman. Oh, my God. When the two men returned, Michael then made the family swear that they would not tell the authorities. Sure enough, on March 16th, rumors began circulating that Bridget had gone missing. Yeah, loose quotes there. And so police, or whatever they had the equivalent of, began looking for her. Um, I believe there it's the Garda. Right. The the Gardi? The Garda? The Garda. I don't know if they were called that back in like 1895. Maybe they were. Maybe. In America, the Garda... Garda is like a money moving company. <laughs> yes. They've got it like is. armored tanks yeah. and they drive around. They're yeah. pretty cool. Um, so authorities began questioning friends and relatives for the next few days, all while Michael said he had hoped his real wife would come back. And it is said that Michael waited at the ring fort at Kyle Anagra for three nights, claiming he believed the real Bridget would reappear there do you think by like night three he was maybe like oh shit did i, did oh, I mess fuck. up was that bridget did i mess up did I, was that bridget that, what, what but she that? was two inches but, taller but and she was too fine right so on march 20th arrest warrants were issued for eight people linked to the disappearance two days later bridget clary's body was found buried in a shallow grave i actually found um real material documenting this event uh it was located in um, michael j mccarthy's five years in ireland 1895 to 1900 and this is an actual um quote from 
I believe, um, one of the morticians or one of the officers who was on the case. And so this is, this is all actual dialogue. It was the next day, Friday, 22nd March, that Sergeant Rogers, keen on the scent, went crossing some furzy ground, noticed some broken thrawn bushes freshly cut from a hedge in an angle of a hill. And there, under a shallow covering of clay, only a few inches deep, the body of poor Bridget Cleary was discovered at a spot considerably over a mile from the cottage. It presented a most terrible appearance, back and lower part all burned, but head preserved and features perfect. Marvelous preservation. There was no clothing on the body except stockings. Her head was enveloped in a sack, and in her left ear was one of her gold earrings. Her limbs were cramped up, her arms folded across her breast. I shall not give the gruesome description of the doctors who made the post-mortem, how the muscles of the spine were burned and the bones exposed and so forth, and the deadly purple marks of strangulation, with others too horrible to mention. Suffice it to say, the burns were cause of death, which was all the coroner's jury wanted to know. So, yeah, it's awful. And they do it so elegantly. Yeah, I was going to say it's like, like I don't want to say poetic in the way that they write it, but it is, it's maybe elegant is a much better word for that. It's the way of writing in the period. Um, so following the discovery of the body, legal hearings ran from April 1st to the 6th, 1895, but the court sessions began on July 3rd. Uh, evidence showed that on March 15th, Michael summoned Father Ryan to the Clary household. Uh, Father Ryan's the one who gave last rites, uh, and he found her alive but agitated. Uh, Michael Clary told the priest that he had not been giving his wife the medicine prescribed by the doctor because he had no faith in it. Oh, yeah, but burning your wife alive is definitely uh, a much better option. Right. And so according to Father Ryan, Clary then said, People may have some remedy of their own that might do more good than doctor's medicine or something to that effect. Bridget was given communion and Father Ryan departed. Later that night, neighbors and relatives returned to the Clary house. An argument ensued, again tinged with the fairy issue. And at some point, Bridget told Michael that the only person who'd gone off with the fairies was his mother. And he then force-fed his wife, threw her on the ground, uh, burned her, and then she caught fire, and he doused oil on her. So uh, the witnesses were unclear as to whether she was already dead at this point, uh, but Michael kept the others back from her body as it burned, insisting that she was a changeling and had been for a week previously and that he would get his wife back from the fairies. And uh, part of the trial, the jury who was you know, listening to the case was brought to a storage building where they kept the body of Bridget uh, as she was waiting to be buried. And it was available for viewing. 
and the jury were given the opportunity to see the condition of the body and the horrible injuries she had received, as well as to personally verify that the body was indeed hers by looking at her face. The gruesome images that the jury saw convinced them that Michael was responsible for the horrible suffering Bridget endured prior to her death. So Michael Clary was found guilty of manslaughter, and he was sentenced to 20 years prison time. And so he spent 15 of those 20 years at Mayboro Prison and was released on April 28, 1910. Following this uh, leaving of prison, he moved to Liverpool, where he quickly emigrated to Montreal, where he essentially vanishes from all records. That is the tragic story of Bridget Clary. Okay, well, that was horrifying, and I feel terrible for Bridget, um, and I am also very intrigued, um, but that was maybe a little bit darker than some of our episodes usually go or have recently gone, so uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for bearing with us while we're a little bit behind because we're still trying to figure out how to be podcasters and parents. Um, maybe that's a, <laughs> a new a new pod that will start as podcasters and parents. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you next week. And next week, um, don't forget to tune in because we have a listener um, submitted request for a topic. So looking forward to it. Okay, bye. Bye.